Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad, all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. Hello there, and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm Adam Russell. Hey, guys. I'm Ryan Key. Ryan, what's up? What's up, dude? What's up, Adam? I'm Nick Gambarian. I got an itchy head and a noisy stomach. Happy New Year. Merry Krampus. <laughs> Whatever you celebrate, it's Mike Forster. Hey, what's up, Dad? What's up, man? You're back. Daddy. You're back. Congrats, Ryan. Thanks, man. The Dadalorian. Everyone, congratulate Ryan. I've been, yeah, I've been busy dadding. <laughs> that's for sure. Old diaper hands key. You're two weeks in. How are things? Dude, the, the kid, the force is strong. <laughs> <laughs> Last night, we put him down at about 7.50, and he woke up for the first time at 11.45. He's two weeks okay. old. He sleeps for like four-hour stretches at night. Great. Crazy. Great. Hey, can I point out a thing slash ask two dads now? Something I noticed that I think is so funny, and tell me why this is a thing. Sure. When you put a kid to, in the kid's bed to go to sleep, mm-hmm. why do you say put the kid down like you're taking the kid behind the barn and putting a bullet in it? Yeah. yeah. I literally walked into the living room and I, I, to Laura and, and her grandma, and I said, he's down. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's because uh, you can place the child somewhere that you are no longer there, but that does not mean you're putting them to sleep because they sometimes will just not sleep. So you uh, are establishing that I am indeed putting this child out of my hands and into the open air of the suites. But I think the connotation is is more like, I think it's, it is like you're putting them, putting them to bed is, is yeah. I'm putting the kid down. I mean, naps and stuff like but that. But when I yeah. hear put him down, I'm like, yeah, I'm with Adam. What happened to... You know, fluffy. We had to put her down. You're like an old yeah. yeller thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. It is. It's like it's like putting your dog to sleep. Sure. The phrase is taken, put and it, yeah. it refers to something else. Right. I've always thought that too, as a non-parent. I'm like, can't you just say put her in a bed? Yeah. It's been, uh, <laughs> but it, it's it's been amazing. I mean, we're you know we're, we have no delusions of grandeur, as a great man once said sure. about you know someday we're gonna it's, we're gonna have a bad day. It's coming, but so far, dude. Like everything we've had to do, he had a really bad, um, uh, like tongue tie. Yeah. And, and like he had it in his cheeks and both his lips too. It was really bad. And, um, he got it from me. I showed mine to the doctor and he was like, dude, you should have surgery now. (laughs) And I was like, I'm a singer. And he's like, oh, don't do that then. (laughs) You might not, it might change everything about how your, like your mouth works, you know? Sure. But he looked at it and he was like, he like almost jumped back like, at like, how could it be that bad Godzilla's at your age? What is going on there? But they were like, <laughs> they were like, man, just be ready, you know, four hours from now. And then for the next like 24 to 48, he's going to be really fussy and trying to figure out his mouth as it, uh, 
He slept. Uh-huh. He like slept. I mean, like they did the surgery, like the laser surgery, and then he just fell asleep. And then he's he's a legend. Right. He's a legend. Lasers. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, we're having fun. That's great. And now you get to podcast with us. Talk about Star Wars. Yeah. Shout out to um, if you're watching. Shout out to uh, Heroes and Villains for my my holiday swag bag they sent me. Very nice. Yeah. And my, my Boba sweatshirt right here. Look at you Look guys at with all your new stuff. Fit. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is cool. It's all large and baggy like the youngins are wearing these days, ah, too. So. I know, man. And it's back. It's back. <laughs> right. I want to get some mall pants. Anyone else call them mall pants? Mall pants? What is that? Chinkos. You know? Yeah, giant pants. Oh, so, Jinkos. You know, the kids were at the mall. Leap That's what we called them back in the day. Like when you went to Spencer Gifts to buy pants. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I had a place on Long Island called Sid's Pants. <laughs> and they just had like... That's where I got my pants. Specialized in from all the different like <laughs> denim attachments and dangly yeah. bits and huge openings at the bottom. Yeah, how many straps do you have? So funny because <laughs> those were made for like, I mean, they were, it, they, I don't know if they were made for it, but they were definitely prominent in skate culture yes. and mm-hmm. for a time. Yes. Like how uncomfortable and, and like... Yeah, you get your skateboard caught in this shit. Dude, like not, you can't move. Like you can't, I mean, you can move actually. That's what's ironic. You can because they're so baggy. Right. But when you're skating and like jumping around, they, you, you get all caught up in all that denim. It's bad. It's dumb. I never understood the Jinko skating thing. Doesn't make sense. But what does? It's it's fashion over function. You 90s I mean? fashion coming back <laughs> does not make sense, but here we are. Joggers are the only pants that make sense. It's back, dude. It's the circle of life, man. What? <laughs> it's just kids are like what used to be popular in the 90s. Yeah, it's like that's how old we back. are. Yeah, it is totally back. back. It's yeah. full on back. I work at a college. Yeah. I work at a university. I I joke with my students is that if I took a picture of you guys right now and I photoshopped you into a Pearl Jam concert, Yep. <laughs> you would have no idea. Well, first of all, you don't know who Pearl Jam is, but second, you would fit right in. You yeah. fit right in. <laughs> yeah. You'd look just as terrible as everyone did then. That's right. Yep. Yep. You guys would just, you're, you're good. Does that mean that we're, how far are we from actual, like, I know we're in like an emo revival, but how far are we from like, are we 10, 20 years away from that actually being the thing? We're, we're probably about 10. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, probably about 10, 10 12 years. years. Yeah. And we'll need um, we'll need a young actor or a couple of actors to uh, probably like dive into it and then make it seem like mm. they invented it. Yeah, yeah. To come back around to it, but yeah. Interesting. How long before super super low rise jeans come back to the point where they're like <laughs> almost chaps, like they were in oh four oh five? Yeah. White studded belts. <laughs> Got to be soon. Yeah, I we'll, would rather nineties yes. fashion come back than early two thousands fashion. It's all a cycle. Early two thousands was the lowest point. That was that was. Like girls' jeans and emo cut, and yeah. the, like, and and just, uh, and then also like the other end of that spectrum was like the you know Creed Affliction, mm-hmm. yes, like tap out. It, 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 yeah, every yeah. every genre of human had bad style <laughs> yeah. in the early two thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, jocks, nerds, emo kids, music people. Yeah. It'll all be back. All style was bad. Yeah, that's true. It was all bad. Yeah, there was a lot of red, red. It'll Yankees. all be back, and like someone really hot. Someone really hot is going to bring it back, you know, yeah. and then it's going to be, it's just going to be a thing. Dua Lipa is going to wear a black hoodie mm-hmm. and a uh, black, backwards red Yankees hat. And uh, people are going to be like, <laughs> we were watching, yo, we, we, we watched, uh, we watched Love Actually because it's like, you know, it's just a Christmas movie that comes on, right? So we watched it. Mm. Bit problematic these days, to be honest, but you know, <laughs> we watched it. You don't say. And we're, we out loud because that's an early 2000s movie. We were like, did the stylist for this movie literally just go to Hollister, grab a couple of like crew necks and like bad, you know, stripe half zipper cardigan thingies 
And like, here you go, guys. We're we're styled for the film. And that was in. Yeah. It was very in. It, yeah, it was just so like, wow. We it was just it was so bland and it was bad. It was bad, man. It was really bad. It was bad. Everything was bad, like you said. I remember it also early, early 2000s. Especially our bands. Oh one, oh two. Remember when we were all wearing giant dicky shorts and huge skateboard shoes and oh, yeah. extra small t-shirts. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Like a, ba- I had a baseball tee that like nice squeezed. Yeah. Like I have tiny, I have tiny, tiny nipples and that shirt was so tight that you could see my tiny, tiny nipples, yeah. even mine. Yeah. That's good. You guys have shared a room with me. You know how little they are. <laughs> I, I've never actually you know? thought about them until right now. Thank the maker, Ryan, these nipples. Podcast. I've never measured them. <laughs> yeah. That was, a, it was a glorious time for a lot of people when you were sitting there being like, I'm never going to look cooler than this. I'm going to buy these. I'm going to buy whatever. And I'm going to look back at pictures of myself with my digital camera. I'm going to never look cooler. When, when I say now, I don't necessarily mean now, like right now, as in this moment, because I'm just wearing a hoodie and a hat. Right. But in life in general, I look way cooler now than I did then. That's just, I'm sorry. But it's just, Please it's do sound off debate. in the comments so we can figure out if this is actually it's not true. Up for debate. It's just not up for debate. We all do. We all look, we, we look better. <laughs> You figure it out when you're a grown up. Like there, mm-hmm. there's a sweet spot. We're all going to look terrible in like 10 years, but you figure it out in like your thirties and forties, or at least, I don't know. I, I feel like we have where you're like, you're comfortable and you're not wearing anything too over the top. You're making more intelligent choices and you're not trying to fit in anymore. Cause when you try to yeah. fit in, yeah. you put on stuff that isn't flattering. That's just like, well, I have to wear this. I'm, I'm definitely more, I know we need to get into Star Wars. I'm more confident wearing stuff that is a little bit more, a little bit, a little bit extra, a little bit uh, outside of the box of what I ever would have worn before this current chapter of my life. And I, I don't know why that is, but it, there's, you know, clothes are cool when you feel good in your clothes. Like when you wear something and you're like, all right, this is, this is a fit. Mm. It's a vibe. Mm. Big Willie style. Shout out to Roosevelt. You just got to go. You just got to follow. Yeah. Follow my footsteps, everybody and go Big Willie style. <sighs> Big Willie style. I do like it. Um, no fear. Should we? Speaking of nineties, no fear. Should we talk about podcasts? <laughs> should we talk about Star Wars? Should we talk about? Let's talk about Star Wars. Let's review? not talk about a podcast. Oh, right. Let's talk about Jinkos. You want to continue talking about this conversation? Yeah, we were going to be under an hour, but we spent 20 minutes talking about <laughs> Jinkos. It's all right. We, uh, we'll just talk about Star Wars for 11 minutes and we'll, and we'll go. Um, <laughs> Until next time. Right, let's talk about 2023. Mike, uh, Mike said Happy New Year, but don't get ahead of yourself, bro. It's not 2024 yet. It's yeah, man. December 27th at the time of this recording. We're close now. 2023 was a pretty solid year for Star Wars content. I I think it's easy, uh, you know, to get to a place where we take for granted this golden age of, of television. Although we, you know, we haven't gotten any films with star Wars. We've gotten more content than we ever did in any year ever. Second year in a row. I I looked back at 2022 and I was like, damn, that was a lot. Did we get hosed a little bit this year? But we didn't, we didn't. I don't know. That that's my take. This is the year of the, or 2024 is the year of the hosing. We're not going to get nearly enough. It's looking a little light, but we also have to take into account the strikes that threw a wrench in some things. We're getting hosed. 2022, let's just look back to compare. We got, we got the Book of Boba Fett, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, and or the Light and Magic documentary, and Tales of the Jedi. Five solid pieces. Pretty strong. Right? 2023, though, we got the Bad Batch Season 2, we got the Mandalorian Season 3, Visions Volume 2, Ahsoka, and Young Jedi, Jedi Adventures, which is great for kids. I still haven't watched it. It looks great. It's very fun. Okay. It's very fun. And there's, there's still dropping new episodes. Let's just run down the timeline because it, it's been a minute. It was pretty, pretty front loaded. The year was pretty front loaded. So January 4th, right out of the gate, 
we got Bad Batch season two. That ran until March 29th, 16 episodes. But 10 episodes into that, or on the 11th episode, I guess, The Mandalorian season three also dropped because wasn't The Bad Batch supposed to come out before the end of 2022? Wasn't that the original plan? I thought so, but... Hmm. And then they ended up running concurrently because of the pushback or whatever. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm sure we could figure that out, but... Bad Batch dropped two episodes on the, on the premiere, right? Or was it a long premiere again? Two episodes. I think they did episodes. two. Yeah. Yeah. two. Yeah. yeah. So The Mandalorian dropped on March 1st, and that is, that's when it switched to Wednesday, right? Because yes. the whole thing mm-hmm. got changed up on us. We switched to the Wednesday format. Right. So eight episodes of that, that ran until April 19th. Then we got, on the same day, Visions Volume 2 and Young Jedi Adventures. Seven episode drop. On, on May the 4th, and then all nine episodes of Visions Volume 2, which was awesome. You know, not as common with Disney. Yep. It wasn't until August 22nd, more than three months later, that we got Ahsoka that ran for eight episodes until October 3rd, and we haven't had anything since. Yeah, we know. Which is not too different from last year. You know, we did, right? We did, we did finish up a little earlier in the year. I mean, I guess with the holidays, I don't know. I don't know what they're... I don't remember. Last year is... I mean, the 70s. <laughs> yeah, I really didn't don't we, I thought we also got like, we also got some Lego stuff last year. We got a new, didn't we get a Lego special? Yeah. So, I mean, there were definitely- Lego Christmas special, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There were definitely other things that I, I feel like we're missing this year. And I think too, when you think about it, uh, the strike happened all the way through Ahsoka. Yeah. Um. So like in regards of the excitement for it, which usually, I mean, that when you want to go see how much importance uh, a press- tour plays or the the role that social media plays in promoting shows and projects now um every single actor everybody who is standing with sag um no one promoted it from an official standpoint you're talking rosario Mm -hmm. dawson with a million followers or whatever uh just straight up was like hope you guys are good anything happened on you know anything cool happening lately um (laughs) and it kind of goes to show like you know for a lot of people um for fans to interact with the actors and have them you know, get retweeted or whatever that is. Like it did feel like it ended and then it was kind of, we're just, we're like, Oh, it's kind of star Wars for the year. It felt like the day after Christmas, you know, or, the, or like <laughs> yeah. New Year's, the January 2nd. This purgatory like, between these two holidays. Absolutely. And the, the post about Andor not coming in 24 was uh, yeah. oh, brutal, rough. But does that, does that mean though, that it's going to be, I got to imagine they're, they're sitting here going, it sucks, but like, it wasn't ready. Well, they were only filming. No. What do you mean? Like they're not going to make it? No, 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 no. I'm no, saying they were, they, uh, some of it was for reshoots. Some of it was to continue filming, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So it's like, I, to me, knowing that you you have the same Bob Iger that was behind Disney that rushed the end of to get to Rise of Skywalker out into theaters. Uh, we know that that production was incredibly rushed to get that out there to be able to hit it every Christmas. You know, it shows maybe a little bit of being like Tony Gilroy has a little bit more push to say, sure, we know that you would probably want it to come out in spring or in summer, but yeah, but it's not ready. We're, we're working on it, which right because uh, of the strike. I mean, he yeah he said publicly like no, it's it's on hold. They're- they were filming as because I saw. Uh, a sizzle reel for Andor season two at Celebration in London. So they were filming then, um, and they stopped production. You know, I, I it, they could have kept. Am I crazy, or they could have actually kept 
filming because it was all like, what did SAG really have to do with that? Because it's all, it was, it's being filmed in England with like, who's American in that cast? You know, like who's SAG? Uh, like, I feel mm -hmm. like it was in solidarity, but I actually think they could have kept filming. Well, all of those actors are SAG actors. Yeah. Whether or not they're in the United States and it's a, mm -hmm. it's a SAG production technically. Yeah. Production. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, they must have been pretty far off, but not done, like by any means. With uh, it's just where, such a like, long time to wait. <laughs> it is. It's terrible. <laughs> Ryan's Ryan's it. gonna be able to go to the movie theater with his kid to watch the first Star Wars thing. I mean, come on. <laughs> but we're getting the acolyte. We're getting skeleton crew. Hopefully. And I'm I'm as stoked about those as anything. Yeah. Personally, skeleton crew is at the top of my list right now. Sure. By far. Sure. And I think. I think about in terms of like what I think would hold us over is just like, give us some official, like, I can't do the, this person or this person, we're starting up in February. Like yeah. some of this stuff is wildly inconsistent. Um, it, 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 that's it, their style. I know it. Le I know leave, it. Give no information so we could all speculate incorrectly. <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's would Lucasfilm be really, style. Yeah. It would right. be really sick to get any sort of confirmation on one yeah. of these feature films. Here's right. the thing yeah. though. Right. I, I would rather them wait than overpromise and underdeliver. They do that there's, too. There's been <laughs> they, Rogue Squadron, the baby. <laughs> we'll say, like they're learning from that. I'm saying like they yeah. announced this huge slate because that worked for Marvel and people's expectations are we want more. We want to know about it right now. We want to know what's coming for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. They made an advert with rollerblades and then they rolled <laughs> it back. And that is maybe rollerblades was a bad choice. <laughs> they were the weird rollerblades too with only three blade with three rollers was, on them. I, it was weird, Whoa. man. It was weird. Like I the hype I, was real though. I always reference when when we're talking about this announcements and things not coming to fruition. I reference the situation that Apple got into with products because you know, you look back historically and it seems like the world is being changed by a new product or a new film like every single year. But it's not. It's just there's like this compression of memory because right the way we reconstruct things isn't accurate. You know, it's a, it's a copy of a copy of a copy. So we, we just compress it all together and you realize that there's actually so much time between things or so there's so much like trickling of iteration or trickling of little bits and things or big gaps. But then the expectation is if so-and-so is going to announce them, we need to announce to stay ahead of them. So Apple would do things like announcing, like they did that, you know, the, the charging thing, the triple charging thing, that they announced before they even had the technology done. They canceled the damn thing. Like all this nice. insane stuff. Right. Disney announcing this huge slate that goes out seven years or whatever. It's just like consumers trained companies to announce things in this way, which then trains the consumer to expect it. And it's this, this kind of like feedback loop. Right. And at some point, companies have got to learn. And I think we're there maybe. Well, and, and two, you look at what else happened this year. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, regarded as maybe one of the largest flops in Hollywood, not because the movie wasn't awesome. It's just like, I think they assumed everyone was like, hey, listen, we know we didn't really hype up anything about Indiana Jones for maybe 20 years, and we expect you to go see this movie on day one, right? And the whole, I mean, it just seemed like it was a very like average marketing theme um, for a lot of kids that go to see Star Wars movies that are, have been part of it. Like Indiana Jones was a character that we relied on. And for a lot of us, it was like, you know, things are different now. Um, and so I'm sure that that's the way that Marvel's kind of got hammered this year in the box office. Like they're definitely worried about 
the cinematic experience. Right. I still feel like Star Wars is going to buck all that in that regard. Mm. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's been time, so yeah. long already. Like if a movie came out in a month, you'd be like, that was a long time. And yeah. we're still like two years out. Right. <laughs> yeah. But there is only, only but I would offer is Spotify happened. You know, somebody was sitting there going, yeah, but this, this will hold out. This will carry on the music business as it's supposed to be. And we're watching in real time the film. It's taking a lot longer because pirating movies isn't... I mean, it happens, but it's not the same concept, right? Like, pirating isn't why the film industry is, is having this paradigm shift. Streaming is. Right. So it's, it's, a, it's like a legitimate version of what happened illegally to the music business, but it's happening. And it's happening so fa fast now. It was a slow drip at first, but now it's just these huge movies. The new Scorsese film was on Apple TV Plus what four weeks after it went to it was in yeah, theaters right right like scorsese dude yeah. mm -hmm. so i mean you know scorsese star wars it's it's hard for me to honestly believe that even star wars has what it takes to hold up against a shift like spotify mm -hmm. uh and apple music the shift to streaming it's it's changing the game and it, it is heartbreaking for people who love films and the film experience but we've talked about this so many times and every time someone brings this up Adam, I think you bring it up a lot. And I, ha and I go, I want to argue that point, but I can't because you're just right. Now we get this experience where you don't have to sit there with somebody talking behind you the whole movie. You don't have to have, you yeah. know, to, to miss 30, you know, 20 minutes of it because some other movie just got out and you drank an extra large cherry Coca-Cola oh. and you got, you know. And I got like, pee in the cup. Yeah. Coke Zero. Exactly. <laughs> Coke Zero. So, so I think that like, you know, humanity in as in as a film going species is like changing the way they want to watch movies the same way they change the way they want to listen to music. And I don't know that Star Wars even has the staying power or the I don't know what the right word would be, but you know, the ability to, to to overcome that. And I I think the one thing is having all this lead time, you know, to not to to get ahead of it, to not have another solo which they you know what did it making a hundred million dollars or two hundred million that's not enough profit so uh but like indiana jones made to less. get ahead of it in a way that like okay we're gonna make these Insane. films these feature films we're, we're not gonna stop making feature films but we're gonna figure out a way through disney plus to offer an incredible film watching experience for fans that doesn't have to rely on the prop because if they're if they're gonna rely on box office profit for these movies going forward especially if they're two or three years out like if the first one is two years away who knows what the movie going experience is going to be like in two years. They're already, the majors are already holding on by a thread, you know, with their memberships and the ways they're trying to get people in asses in the seats. So two years from now, who knows? I, I just think that there's, I want to hope and believe that they're smart and, and they see this happening. Unlike the major labels, major labels were deer in headlights when this happened mm -hmm. in the early two thousands. Dude, can I give you a, like a third hand quote from a major label music executive that, this marketing guy told Ryan Phillips and me in, in an interview when we were making a documentary about the music industry. Mm -hmm. This dude was in a meeting in like more like a, like a round table discussion between a bunch of executives about what to do about pirating in the internet. And this dude who was like a, a, a big name who had been in the music industry for years, I assume he was pretty old by this point, leaned forward and with a completely straight face said to everyone, look, this will blow over. 
the internet. Nice. Yeah. This whole internet thing will blow. Mm -hmm. The internet will blow. Over. <laughs> what are you going to okay. do? Have a computer in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> the files are in the computer. It's like the big companies have learned, but they also haven't at all. Yeah. You know, in the sense that like when COVID happened, everyone thought that that's why there's just, you know, every company has a streamer because they thought, oh, no one's ever going back out. Everyone mm -hmm. wants only on demand at home, every single industry, everything that's entertainment or any consumer, anything, we're, we're going to do it all virtually from home. And then we all, within a couple of years, were like, screw this. I want to go back out mm -hmm. for some things, minimum, you know, and here are the streamers now, like they're going to start dropping like flies, you know, they're going to have to consolidate. I mean, already like, what was the talk of, um, Warner brothers and, uh, yeah, yeah. Warner brothers. And was it paramount paramount merging? Yeah. Mac max mount <laughs> merging with paramount also wow. like paramount plus has been a year and a half. Yeah. There's going to be two companies that will exist in five years. Disney. Yeah. Peacock's not going to last. Like Hulu is majority owned or now fully by Disney. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, so everyone's now digging out of this. So who knows what it's going to be? Because it's, it's not just about what they're projecting is going to work best for their new releases. It's like, what the hell are we going to do with our business? Well, things change so quick that it's hard to project. And it's really, I feel like a lot of these big streamers, which are obviously owned by bigger production companies, are actually cannibalizing themselves because in order to keep streaming numbers a certain way, they put their movies that were out in theaters on the streamers quicker. So there's no, um, there's no, there, you don't have to go see a movie when it comes out unless you're an, a super fan. Because mm -hmm. if you're a casual fan, which 90% of people are casual fans about everything, mm -hmm. you just wait a month and it's on. Yeah, dude, it's, it's the epitome yeah. of the instant gratification, mm -hmm. uh, you know, culture that we live in yeah. now that. You, they don't have a choice. They have to do what you just said, Nick. Mm -hmm. But by doing that, it, it, it's the worst thing they could do. That's so cannibalistic. It's, yeah. it, it's just, it's dark, man. <laughs> Let's talk about stuff we like, please, because this shit bums me out, man. <laughs> Last thing I'll say, it is a legitimate tactic or like business practice to operate under the idea that if you don't cannibalize your own stuff, someone else is going to eat your lunch. Right. You know, so like a Apple took that approach with the iPod, mm -hmm. the iPhone replacing it. Like if... If we don't kill it ourselves, someone else is going to replace it. You know, I, I know I keep referencing Apple, but I worked there for seven years. I was a fanboy before that. Chill. So it makes sense, but it's just like the rate of change, like Nick, you're saying, it just, it happens so fast. And it's now to the point where not only was it tough to predict before, but now it's so fast that we have, we have no clue. None of us have any clue. We're, we're Isn't it so weird though? I, I have this, I like thought, which I don't know how to necessarily verbalize. Isn't it so weird that we're gonna get less or less quality, even though we all want everything, mm -hmm. the production of it all and the like financing behind the production is going to stop the product from being made, even though we all want the product. Isn't that so, it's so strange. The rise yeah. of the fan film, it seems almost like, well, personally, I just, I'm just saying before we get into our, our, our favorite things from this year. Um, that I know that Denis, the director of Dune 2 and Dune 1, is definitely anticipating that I will be watching it and experiencing it on my iPhone. So I know that he loves that. Um, He's filming it, on, filming it on an iPhone, right? Yeah, everyone's it's, – it's optimized, actually, for iPhone. It's an experience that's exclusive to iPhone users. Um, we did get a couple super chats. Mike Cronin stopped in to say, uh, sup, dudes, love you. Adam's face looks like a clock. 
I don't know what that means, but uh, he said it. So super chat. Thank you, Mike Cronin. Story of the year's biggest Love fan. Love you, Cronin. It's an I think you should leave thing. It's a Tim Robinson thing. Classic. Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad all over print button downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button downs, but T-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. So what are we talking about here? I would say, are we talking about our favorite things? Hit, hit the little sound bite. I want to talk about this. Are we, we're just going to get straight to I love you. I know. Well, I mean, unless we want to depress ourselves anymore by talking about this. I mean, let's, let's just shout out some things before we like declare it. You know what I mean? Cause there, I do declare. a lot of great things happen in these, in these series, you know, bad batch season two, big stuff happened. We saw all those characters mature and we kind of like crossed a threshold. I feel like, mm-hmm. like we got, a, we got a new trooper variant leading us to, the true stormtroopers right. of the OT, you know? So we're like, we're like into this place. We're seeing like this, uh, uh, clone rebellion. We're seeing the, the pot start to boil. You know, we, we lost a well-loved character, which was a big thing. We lost tech. Mm-hmm. That was a huge moment for, you know, talk about cartoons for children. Like what, what a gnarly mm. experience mm. that series was. Right. Mandalorian season three was heavy as hell. Like, I feel like, Everything that we got, even Ahsoka being a new series, was all this year about transitioning us into another stage of whatever storytelling, uh, like, sector we're in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, had some amazing moments in Ahsoka, aside from all, all the big Ahsoka stuff. I mean, it was the return of Hay- Hayden Christensen in full. Oof. You know, we, we got him in, in Obi-Wan Kenobi, but this, this was a lot bigger, I think. I mean, de- definitely more screen time. Yeah, because it felt it, bigger. It's Hayden himself, mm-hmm. not you know, not just behind the Vader mask. And there's there's some weird. Um, what I guess what separates it from him being in Kenobi is this was Clone Wars Anakin. You know, this yes. was a hybrid of why he's even able to come back in in the zeitgeist right now. It's it's yeah. fully an animated <laughs> like rebirth. Um, so it it felt different. It definitely did. And while we're on this talking about referencing deeper cuts. We did, we did have a guest on to talk about what it was like to watch Ahsoka having not seen all of the animation. Didn't seem like it was a problem at all. It ended up being an episode of, so was it weird? No. Hmm, interesting. Hit the music. So well, how about this? Was this weird? No. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> That's a good episode. I still can't stop hearing people referencing Ahsoka and how it was like a failure in some way because it, it required all of this homework. Are you guys hearing the same stuff or am I just listening no. to too many TV and movie podcasts? I've hung out with a couple of people in person that did not have glowing reviews for that reason. Hmm. I've hung out with a couple of people who are huge Star Wars fans, you know, I mean, they love Star Wars, but they're not on our level and haven't watched Rebels because I'm in my 40s and I don't have time to watch four seasons of cartoons. You know, it's kind of the attitude uh, that we're very much like, 
do you like the new show? Like, I didn't, I don't get, I didn't understand like any, what it was for, like where, you know, who are those people? Kind of, I've had a couple of people react that way hmm. to which obviously I replied, well, it's basically season five to a different show and you need to watch that show because it's amazing. That's all I can do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of something I've watched that's, you know, within another universe or, or that's a sequel. I don't, I don't usually do that. I like to, you know, like I could jump in and watch the latest Mission Impossible right now, but I would prefer to catch up. Sure. Um, so I, I can't think of anything I've done that way myself. Have you guys watched anything that needs homework like that? Like I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble getting a frame of reference on this. I mean, generally, I'm trying to think of like generally where uh, I, I was actually quite excited to uh, just see something new from Rebel Moon, the Zack mm. Snyder oh, yeah. uh, movie um, on Netflix. Um, and I just, I'm a pretty positive guy. It just wasn't good. It just wasn't good. Um, yeah, didn't get good reviews. That's what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but then I watched the creator on, uh, Apple TV. Bro. And that was awesome. Um, I know that some parts of it, I was like, yeah, okay. But in general, like I, I, I thought that was awesome. So I think in some ways, I think what's happening for Star Wars is just that it's almost like Nick has talked about this, uh, a, a lot of almost like the expectation of what could happen. Um, but, but the reality of sometimes is that like, you know, these, these productions, Mando season three and Ahsoka were filmed about at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. we can see why certain things happen and certain things happen in different seasons and are different, uh, in, in a different series. And, and there's, there's something definitely, I think that we'll hear more about that, but all in all, I mean, we did, there were some great moments in 2023 Star Wars for sure. I can't think of anything as someone who's watched everything that went, you know, that was as bold and confident in presenting itself, needing all this, this backstory that people don't have, people, people haven't watched. To, right, to right. a new audience, new general audience. Yes, some, yeah. something that yeah. is that, you know, under the umbrella of the greatest pop culture phenomenon of all time in Star Wars, right? We can kind of agree that there, there's not really any other franchise that is as, you know, globally overwhelming as Star Wars. Um, so it, for them to put it out and have it just them be so confident, this is the new show. We spent hundreds of millions of dollars on this. We're casting these incredible talents, you know, in the lead roles and we're bringing Hayden Christensen back. We're doing all this stuff, but it, I mean, it, it's amazing. And the show was freaking amazing. Some of my favorite Star Wars of all time. No question. But it doesn't really stand on its own if you really think about it. Like, it's so, so dramatically enriched by Rebels. So I can't say that it doesn't stand on its own because I, I, I don't really know because I've seen Rebels. But I think the fact that I have seen Rebels, it makes it hard for me to imagine, you know, someone like a friend of mine who mentioned they, didn't, they weren't really feeling it watching that show and not having that, that backstory and that information. Yeah. It was a bold, bold move. That's all I'm saying. It was really ballsy of them to it definitely is bold, but d could you reframe it as instead of being like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who these people are. Can't you just, what I assume the other half of the idea of it being rebels season five, the other half of the idea is to reintroduce these characters for the future. Can't, mm -hmm. couldn't mm -hmm. someone be like, I don't know who these people are, but now I know who they are after season one and I know where they're heading. Like, right. That should be enjoyable, you know? For sure. But think about the, like one of the main core concepts here in season one is Ezra and where Ezra is and his return and his reunion uh, with Hera, you know, 
those those beats are big time. And yeah, okay, there's a character named Ezra on the show. To your point, Nick, like that's as far as that goes in your mind as a fan who doesn't know who he is. And no, you know what I mean? They didn't, there wasn't an Ezra dedicated episode that went in and told his whole backstory and how he got where he is. They, you know, uh, they didn't show the Purgle taking him to, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot. And also I'm not, I'm not even saying anything negative here. I'm saying that it was a really bold choice for them yeah. uh, to put this show out the way they did and promote it the way they did and make it such a massive ordeal for the Star Wars fandom as at large, you know, hardcore fan to casual fan. This was the thing, man. This was the flagship program of the year, kind of, you know? And to be honest, I, I think at the end of the day, Andor was like a more easier to watch as like a casual fan and follow mm-hmm. along. Like, okay, this is a cool adventure story. Then Ahsoka ended up being mm-hmm. uh, for, for a more casual fan. But I love the choice. I love that. I love that, that they're almost saying, hey, we're going to take a leap here and trust that it's so good that everyone's going to want to go back and find out who these characters are. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of that going on. Do you think there's anything to the idea that there's been like kind of a new starting with, I guess, starting with the MCU, there's been a new perspective on what a show or a movie is supposed to be in a universe that does have a lot of backstory that is rich, that isn't, you know, a one-off movie, an existing IP is the expectation that everything has to connect and you have to understand and you have to have done homework versus 45 years ago when Obi-Wan Kenobi sits there and talks about the Clone Wars and Anakin Skywalker and all this kind of shit. No one knows what any of that is as he's saying it, but it sounds cool. Yeah. So we just, we go along for the ride. And even like the princess, we're like, you know, the princess, she's here, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, we saw her at the very beginning for a little bit, but we don't know anything about her. We don't know why she matters. We don't know what she's the princess of. Like, 77 Star Wars is a weird movie. For sure. For sure. But it, we we were all, I mean, we weren't alive, but the larger we were along for the ride because it was just so cool. But I think expectations are just different now. It's like, wait a minute, what am I supposed to know? What, what research am I supposed to have done on the internet or what nine other things am I supposed to have watched? Well, Is it just a, like an expectation thing? Go ahead, Mike. Well, I was just going to say, like, I would have thought that at least that maybe we would have got, and it's more so because, like, I know that you guys, just like me, um, you're the Star Wars guy. Like, every time a new show drops, I get people mm-hmm. messaging me or, like, texting me and being like, okay, I see, I'm getting advertised, new Star Wars is coming out. I like Star Wars. What do I need to know about, the, like, what is this one, right? And I have a couple friends that are very casual, uh, that enjoy, they watch everything as it comes out, but they're not, like, after it's over, they'll, they'll never go and look up theories or, like, who was that? They'll just text me. I'm sure you have friends like that. I was, I was sending people, like, the geek den or whatever uh their like 25 minute recap of like watch watch this in rebels before you watch ahsoka right you want to go to the garage and do karate 100 i mean same dude same yeah and i was like why disney didn't do a super and i'm assuming what they did was to make it so that people didn't start associating what the animated characters look like with live action right and i'm assuming that at some point there was something about there could have even been a legal thing of like if we reintroduce a new edit edit, we have to pay Ashley, we have to pay Freddie, and we have to pay all Tia and all these other people from I have no idea if that's any of that legal plays into it. But I was just surprised that they didn't put out 
uh, a re-edit or an overall story that would introduce people to like these are this is the story that you missed that would in my opinion probably inspire some people to go back and watch it but then also give a little bit of preface to like who these characters are uh, that came from a Disney uh, you know what I mean? From like an official Disney source with maybe some possibly cool animation, some cool voiceover of Freddy himself, Caden Jarrus telling the story, like something would have been, or, you know, something would have been really sick. I was surprised that they didn't do that. But again, to Ryan's point, that's a bold move doing that. They did it for Kenobi. Yeah. Yep. Do you think here's, here's a possibility. Ahsoka merchandise streaming numbers for however many years of the Clone Wars and Rebels. You have analytics to say this show should be X amount popular. It probably exceeded that, but I bet you they're coming from a confident play. I don't think they were like, let's see if people like an Ahsoka show. They probably (laughs) know that Ahsoka merchandise is X amount, and then all of us freaks, everybody streaming Clone Wars and Rebels for since whatever, 2018, 2019, since uh, Disney Plus has been around, they probably had some sort of hunch that, like, they know what the crowd is, you know? Right. So I think that they knew, even if it only goes to those people, we'll have a decent show. Um, And maybe it has to do a lot with, hey, Filoni saying, here's where we're heading with Mandalorian. If we start a season or two of Ahsoka, with this movie, here's the next decade of Star Wars. Here's your plan. And they were right. like, yeah, that sounds good. You know, like, <laughs> that's, sure. a, that's another way to look at as it. As long you as know? people I, I stop did. talking about The Last Jedi, we're good with that, man. It sounds <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that might be a possibility, too, is that there are analytics to be like, all right, it's going to be X amount popular. And it exceeded that, seemingly. But I, I bet you they knew they had more confidence than like, oh, let's see if, they, if people like Ahsoka. All right. Well, let's. Let's say what we like the most in a little segment called this. I love you. I know. We're going to break this up because there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of stuff. It's hard to pick one episode or one moment or a quote or something like that from all of this. And since there's only four of us, I thought it'd be cool to split it between animation and live action. So we'll each pick our favorite animated episode, our favorite live action and we'll let's go around and do animation first, and we'll go around and do live action. I did not find it that hard. Well, then you go first. Favorite animated episode? Bad Batch season two finale. All right. Ooh. Just like that. Tell us why. Tell us about it. Uh, I think back on the episode where we covered that, I think I was pretty vocal about how it was time for something like that, a, a major character to leave us. I've still been seeing stuff online about he's not really dead. <laughs> but I, I hope I, I, I don't want to be morbid, but I hope he is. I hope he is because yeah, uh, I think that 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 kind of loss we haven't seen that since you know Grandpa Han passed on. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think in the shows there hasn't been a lot of that you know really really um, compelling storytelling around the loss of a character like that. And uh, we you know we talked about how they spent. So much time in season two building the relationship between uh, Tech and Omega before he died that it was just gut-wrenching to, to see that relationship severed in that way. It was a very emotional episode of Star Wars and when animation can make you feel things like that, uh, I think that is a very, very high benchmark for success as a filmmaker and animator. Nick, how about you? 
Uh, animated for me, I was like, ah, it's got to be a bad batch, right? But I, I brought visions into uh, into the my thought process here, and then I was like, what was my favorite visions episode? And it was the Bandits of Golok. Not only because I liked that it was like a kind of Clone Wars animation, but I, without having any predisposition to this train of thought, I really liked seeing Star Wars presented in a different culture. Yeah, like having the the kind of like Indian uh, backdrop to it all really was intriguing to me because I was like, oh, I want you know, if Star Wars is a global phenomenon, it should be a global, it should be represented that way, not just with like the people in the like westernized movies and shows that we watch, but it should be presented in as in like uh, it's hard to explain. Like it's obviously in a galaxy far, far away, but he, this is a version that took place in India, you know, like, like it's, yeah. it, it was pretty interesting. And I just thought the story was cool too. So I, I really dug that one. Yeah. That one was great on all levels. Mike, what was your favorite animated episode? Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and agree with Ryan key here, uh, that the finale of seeing, of seeing the bad batch. Finally, uh, they set tech up this whole season to really, uh, come out of his shell to, I think write him differently to expose a little bit more of, of his soft side, I think again, for a character um, that had kind of become almost a, a representation for a lot of the neurodivergent community. I thought that was really cool. Um, and to see him be the one that makes the sacrifice to be able to save the the bad batch uh, and do it in a way that is so him, right. Um, that wasn't anything outside of what he, what he, would normally do it wasn't some you know it wasn't a it, it, it was an incredibly heroic event but it was done the way that tech would have done it i thought that was amazing um this whole season of bad batch i think looking back on it i'd probably like to rewatch it over this break um just because i think it's it, it gets me excited for what's coming next but this was a i think at times like we had some of our you know our, our more chill episodes that made us start to go like, what's, what's going on with this, this show. But when you look back on it, I'm just reading some highlights from this, from this season. I'm like, there were some amazing, amazing bad batch episodes uh, in season two. Um, but I think the one that takes the cake, I'm with Ryan on this one, you know, tech tech saving the, the bad batch is such a moment. And I agree. I hope that that sacrifice maintains the sacrifice and if they if there's some kind of somehow tech return it's just not gonna be it's not gonna be good it's, no, it's not gonna hold up. the same weight and and close up maybe to crosshairs episode two like out in the cold uh i'm i'm loving i'm thinking back of that i almost would have said that but i don't think it can overtake the, the emotional weight of of tech but um crosshair realizing that he was literally just another cog in the empire's machine uh and then blasting the the lieutenant or the general after i'm like dude this was this was a mm -hmm. very 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 heavy season for sure that was my favorite episode of the bad batch season two for sure yeah. because i'm a sucker for a redemption story and crosshair was set up so perfectly right to earn it back in in the coolest way you know just everything about his personality and the way you know, he didn't just start feeling guilty. It was more like, F this. Right. You know, this is bullshit. I'm not about this bullshit, you know? Yep. I loved it. But for the sheer boldness of the choice, even though what I'm about to say is not a rewatchable episode at all because it is so brutal emotionally, 
my favorite animated episode of the year was episode two of Visions, Screechers Reach. Dude. Oh, that was a good Very one. Very good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just no happy ending. Just no. The most brutal ending. When, when when does Star Wars just go full? Sorry. Nope. No hope. Yeah. Doom. Not happy. Gloom. Yeah. Misery. Yep. I watched the end of it today because I was uh I was trying to pull screenshots for for the graphic I made for the this thumbnail. Right. And since that was my favorite episode, put a little spoiler in the graphic. I used the face of, of the main character. Yep. And I just kind of just even just skipping through, God, it it was it was pretty rough. I I got a great tear rolling down the eye. The, the very last look at her friends before she leaves. Shot, you know, it's a version of Happy Little Anakin getting out of this terrible place, thinking everything's going to be cool, and in the end, he becomes this evil monster in the galaxy. So the idea of this little girl who's trapped on this shithole planet, finally she's going to get her chance to leave, and she's happy, but she's sad and she's scared. And she goes away to become a Sith. She has no idea what she's in for. Yeah. Oh my god. Isn't it, I mean that's kind of the story of the Inquisitors in a lot of ways, right? Like yeah. a, a, a force sensitive. Who can we corrupt? And that was kind of the thing. And I, I ideally, it's the same the same kind of seduction of power and control and all of these those things. And for uh, you know whoever they found some of these kids, uh, they probably didn't have that. And that is part of that seduction. Yeah. I mean, Anakin Skywalker coming from uh, basically being Watto's uh, indentured servant and then <sighs> getting, and then being, pro, you know, being told like, hey, you're special. And like, okay, sounds good. And then having someone like Palpatine be like, I know they told you you were special, but do you know how special you are? And it's like, well, okay, I guess I want to know more. Um, that was a heavy episode, man. I do. I remember I watched that on the plane going to celebrate or going to, uh, I think I was coming out to see you guys in LA and I remember like that ended and I like looked up around the plane and I was like, is anyone else very sad right now? (laughs) Wow. Does anyone else feel like the end is near? Yeah. Wow. All right. Ryan Key, how about your favorite live action episode? You guys, you want me to go first? I'm just going to steal it. Just do it. Soka episode five. Oh, I'm not going to say that. Tell us about it. That was good though. You guys want to keep going? I'm going to go now because that's it. (laughs) Mic drop. The Clone Wars flashback. I don't think I've watched uh, a single uh, episode of a tell of a Star Wars television show yet as many times as I've watched that episode. Nine point one on IMDb. How many times do you think you've watched it? Like five, maybe five or six. You I mean, that, lack that, conviction. <laughs> Rookie numbers. I, dude, I just remember. I, I just remember as that episode was developing, and everything was sort of. It was breakneck speed that you were expected to emotionally keep up with how mm-hmm. you were feeling and, and and like your emotions had to keep up with what you were watching and and you weren't really given any time to you know to really live in those moments and say I'm watching Anakin and Ahsoka on a battlefield together again and it's live action and it's brutal and we're seeing the war in a way we've never seen it before trying to figure out what does all this mean you know we have our theories now after watching it but in the moment trying to think what is anakin what is this what how does this fit in the world between worlds and is it really anakin is it it, there was just so much to it uh and, and then i mean obviously the sort of most obvious thing was just getting to see hayden christensen uh live in that role and as i think i mentioned when we um did the the show about that episode that man 
has been through so much, man, and his life, uh, his journey has been not an easy one. This fandom can tend to hold you down, you know, and and give their worst side to, yep. to you as a performer. Yep. And Anakin is such a special and an important legendary piece of this story. And to see him get to step back into the role, carrying the weight and all, all the gravity of his experience from then till now, dude, it was, it was real. I mean, you, he was, he's a completely different actor. I will be the first to say like in the prequels, I don't think he was directed very well. I, I think a lot of that dialogue was very on the nose and I don't think he was really in, it, there wasn't a lot of subtext to what he was performing. He was kind of just giving you, you know, faster, more intense as George does. This was real. This was real. There was heavy subtext, heavy depth to his relationship with Ahsoka. You know, whether the dude did his research and watched it all and reconnect or not, I don't know, but it sure as hell felt like it because when he was looking at Ahsoka in a way that I felt like I never saw him look at Padme, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. When he was looking at Padme, he was performing. When he was looking at Ahsoka in this episode, he was he was in the role. He was Anakin Skywalker. Um, and that's not, I don't want to, you know, crap all over his performance from 20 years ago. How long has it been now? 25 years ago. I don't want to take it to a negative place. I'm just simply, I think by by celebrating his performance here, I hope is is enough to like redeem that. You know, I'm not trying to spin anything negative about his talent or his ability or anything. I do think a lot of the original stuff, the, the prequel stuff had to do with direction and dialogue. I 100%. really do. Yeah. I've always thought that. So give the man this script, give him his life experience and look what we got. Uh, this was just a monumental piece of filmmaking. Look at the reviews for this episode. I mean, it's, they showed it in theaters for a reason. Yeah. God, I love Star Wars. And this was <laughs> just an absolute grand slam for the franchise, this episode. Nick, do you like Star Wars? What was your favorite? I do like Star Wars, but I'm new to it. I've, I'm, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Ryan said everything. The, the only thing, that, uh, my favorite episode is uh, episode five, too. Um, I, the only thing I could really add to that is it just feels good to get what you want every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. That's why I didn't want to go first. I didn't want to say it all. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's really it. I mean, there's, it's, it's, everyone's predictions kind of happen and came to life there. So it's, I don't think as a viewer, we, you know, how we view speculating on this podcast, it's like, it's fun, but it's also somewhat pointless. But for that episode to just be candy, but also move the plot forward, I think was, I mean, what more could you want from Star Wars at this point? You, you get some of your predictions right. You see things you never thought you would see. It just like, it felt like a hug from Star Wars. Yeah. Yep. From Dave. Thanks, Dave. Mike, how about you? I've liked everything everyone said so far. I think you guys are pretty into Star Wars. I respect it. I like it. <laughs> um, I would say for me, the episode, uh, I'm, I'm kind of torn between uh, a more of a topical episode, uh, The Pirate of The Mandalorian, which was episode five, um, chapter 21, that we just got like Din just wrecking Top Gun style uh, Gorian Shard's uh, light cruiser. Like that to me was the closest, probably one of the best aerial fights in the Mandalorian. 
um, him just going through and and ripping pieces apart and then also showing like the dynamic of, you know, here in the void of the Mandalorians not being reunited, the Empire being on the run, um, this band of pirates can exist and be a serious threat to uh, any new establishment or any new democracy. This episode is really great. Rick Famuyiwa uh, directed it, I believe. And it's just one of those one of those episodes that I, I watch a lot just because it feels like classic Star Wars to me. It's very fun. Um, and then it's also, of course, that we got the cameo of Zeb, which we did not see in Ahsoka. Yeah. But the fact mm-hmm. that we saw that pilot, the pilot hangout, Carson Teva's back in action. Uh, there's so many things that I love about that episode. Uh, so I would say that that's probably the one. But I would say, like, in regards to Ahsoka, because I know that we're talking about the two things here, I almost would say... The obvious answer is the one that Ryan picked and for all the reasons and that that is the best one. But I would also say part six, far, far away, they get to Pridia. We see what Thrawn has been up to. You remember that? Like we're all like, Mm -hmm. we were geeking about that. The, you know, finally seeing the Chimera, Thrawn back in there. We saw the night troopers for the first time. I'm like, this is juicy. This is so juicy. So in regards to memorable, memorable things, we saw a lot this year. I'm thinking about it now. Like I'm going to go back and watch Mando season three again. I think I have to do that. I'm gonna watch Ahsoka again. I could stand to watch Mando again. Yeah. yeah. I need I needed some space from it. I started Andor again. Ooh, that's good too. A couple of weeks ago. I watched like three episodes, but then you know, I had a baby. Sure. But sure. uh I want I want to finish that rewatch. But yeah, I, I mean I think I could watch Ahsoka back to back twice. It's just like it's yeah, it's so good. Jason Chiodo in, in the patron chat says his favorite is chapter 19, the convert, the uh the Coruscant episode former imperials the uh the amnesty mm-hmm. <coughs> amnesty program and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff yeah it's great yep. he also said come at me assuming <laughs> that that's not everyone's favorite it was great for world building it was were there parts that were kind of like why are we spending time here yeah yep. but if you just step back and realize the amount of world building and interconnectedness that we now have the blanks that have been filled in from that it's significant so I will not come at you, sir. I would love more more episodes like that, except the the fact why I, it is somewhat annoying to a lot of people is that there's eight episodes of The Mandalorian. Yeah, right? yeah. If, you know, that's like a, you want to build world? Cool, we need 16 episodes then. And sure, three or sure. four of them could be that, you know? Valid. We went to, uh, at New York Comic Con, we went to Justin Sonfield, who just had a birthday, our, our pal Justin. Uh, brought us to a really cool experience um, at the uh, Kendrick Hotel. Uh, we got to actually go do this. Uh, it's called uh, Hypnotique. It's a sleep no more experience. Uh, and we get to go with um, Katie and uh, it's Oman, right? I think. Omid. O-M-I-D. Omid. Omid Abtahi. Yeah, we got to go. We got to go with them to do that, and they were super. Uh, they're great people. They're so nice, uh, and I think both of them getting. Uh, Katie's got this new movie coming out with starring co-starring. Uh, it Chris looks Stewart. so good. It looks love awesome. lies and bleeding. It looks yeah, really good. yeah, yeah. It looks so good. So they're both fantastic people. I love that their time in Star Wars. Uh, that was a great episode. I'm with Jason on that. That's that's a that's a very underrated episode for sure. My favorite, and if anyone remembers our coverage our season recap of Ahsoka, they'll, they'll know my answer. I, I cannot possibly overstate how significant part five shadow warrior was with, with the flashback with Anakin. Sure. It was, it was just tears the whole time. It was incredible. And I'm so glad we got it. I, I'm, I feel the same as you, Nick, every once in a while, you just, you, you get what you're asking for and it is as good as you hoped, you know, mm-hmm. it was like a, yes, do meet your heroes actually kind of moment versus, you know, the old adage, but 
I, I, despite that amazing experience, when I step out and look at this as just like an objective, like film and television lover, part six, far, far away, the in live action introduction of Thrawn, the, the tonal choices that were made and that just like cracked open. It, it's like, it's like we were watching the earth open up and new shit come out of it that we never would have expected. It's just like a new whole shit ass has come to light, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> it, Oh God. Like number one, we literally went to another galaxy. Yep. And then we get all these revelations of what has happened or what we could speculate has happened. And then we then speculate about what could happen. And it's, it's all so far reaching and it, it opens so many doors. It, it raises so many questions and that's the best kind of, storytelling to me more questions than answers more mystery boxes and i think that's the episode that i've watched the most because it was fully star wars but tonally it's like a modern version of what i imagine it would have been like to see darth vader and palpatine show up on the second death star where where it's like oh god this is bigger and scarier than i ever could have imagined and i think i compared it to that in the coverage or Empire also, when you see Vader, you know, in a real dramatic portrayal of just how terrifying this guy really is. It, everything is, has, has just been leveled up. So that's got to be it for me. And I'm not even like a huge Thrawn dude. You know what I mean? I didn't read the books. I'm not, I'm not that guy. But it, it just blew me away. I was yeah. like, this is the best thing I've seen on television. B-L-U-E. Because <laughs> he's blue. But um, Nice. I was going to say that when you when you just talk about like every once in a while you, you get what you want and it feels like a hug from Star Wars or whatever. Episode five kind of had Force Awakens vibes for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like because I in 2015 felt like that was the a perfect film and everything that I had could possibly have dreamed that it, it would be, you know, coming back to theaters. So I, I think that's the best way to put it, man. That the whole sh- yeah. the whole season, the whole show felt like we were being given so much gifted and I, I can't, I don't can't wait for more of it. Same. Keep it coming. All right. We're going to wrap it up in short. 2023 was great. Better than 2022. What do you think? I don't know. And or I Andor's pretty, pretty significant. Yeah. And having to wait three years now. Oh, wow. it's all right. That's it's like rough. we used to wait for movies. It's fine. We used to wait three years between Westworld seasons and stuff. Maybe it'll be early 2025. Yeah. yeah. It's so wild that it was in 2022. Yes. And or was that like that that's not included in this year's recap. It's, it's so long ago. One way out. All right. Marsh Isley, February 3rd, Orlando, the weekend of MegaCon. Tickets are on sale. They're selling fast. It's a bigger venue, so you can still get tickets. They're available, but they are selling at a pace that is uh, quite a bit faster than the past few. So get on it. It's going to be big. Megacon is also, can we just say, is incredibly stacked for Star Wars guests. Oh, yeah. Like, they just keep announcing. Holy cow. Like, I'm just, I'm blown away at every time they announce someone. You've got Hayden, Ewan, Paul Bettany. All of Ahsoka, right? All of the, pretty much the whole, yeah, pretty much the whole cast of Ahsoka. I mean, it's impressive. So this is going to be a great weekend. I think I know the answer and it's no, but have they done a Hayden and Rosario team up photo yet? Does that exist? Isn't that one of the options? For is the, it this for time? Mega? I don't know. I know there's sure. there's some kind of team up with him. I didn't, I don't remember who it was. Though. It's usually you and I'm sure it's, it's you and Hayden. When Rosario and Hayden becomes one, that would be dope. It's all for the low, low price of $425. 
<laughs> hey, do you think for the team up photo, you think you and McGregor would lay on the floor behind us and nope. <laughs> Hayden no. would put two lightsabers on my neck? No, I don't think he so. Wouldn't do any no. of that. Nope. Okay. Uh, we could ask him. Let's ask. I'll get him. a fake gray beard. Make a really scared face. Right. Um, right. All right. Anyway, February third, Orlando, Mosh Eisley, MoshEisley.com is the place to go to get tickets. Do it. It's gonna be great. Do it. And that's it for 2023. Dudes, I love you. Love you. Ryan, congratulations on reproducing. Hey, thanks. Until next time, until next year, may the force be with you. If you enjoy Thank the Maker, you can support us by following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or you can support us directly at patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod where you can get access to our Discord server, exclusive content, exclusive merch, our recording live stream, and more. Our patrons quite literally make Thank the Maker possible.